0: We're looking together at passages from Mark's gospel that speak of the Basilea to Theo, Basilea to theo. That's been called the central theme of our Lord's teaching as it is presented in Mark's gospel. And that phrase in Greek has been translated into English as kingdom of God, or economy of God, or kingdom of God, or ecosystem of God. You'll hear me refer to Basileia to theo in this sermon series as the reality of God but you'll hear it rendered Kingdom of God in today's passage as it is read from the New Revised Standard Version. Well, as we prepare to hear the scripture reading today, let's pray. Loving God, bring, we pray, illumination to our minds and hearts. We can't truly hear and understand your word unless your Holy Spirit is at work opening our ears, enlightening our minds. Bring us from confusion to clarity. Teach us what you would have us learn. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, today's passage is the second time that Jesus refers to the Basileia to Theou, or kingdom of God, in Mark's gospel. Listen now to this reading of scripture from the fourth chapter of Mark's gospel. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the lake Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the lake and sat there, while the whole crowd was beside the lake on the land. Jesus began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 and 60 and 100-fold. And Jesus said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was alone, those who were around him along with the twelve asked him about the parables, and Jesus said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look but not perceive, and may indeed listen but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, Immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 and 60 and a hundredfold. Jesus said to them is a lamp Brought in to be put under the bushel basket, or under the bed, and not on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is a beloved passage of scripture, the famous parable of the sower and the seed. And yet this celebrated text has a most troubling midsection. And Jesus, te- after Jesus tells the original parable, but before he gives the disciples an explanation of it, he shares these confounding words he says to his disciples to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of god but for those outside everything comes in parables in order that and jesus quotes isaiah here they may indeed look but not perceive and may indeed listen but not understand so that they may not turn again and be forgiven Well, the Jewish scholar Meyer Sternberg calls these words from Jesus the most offensive words in the whole Bible. I speak in parables in order that those outside may listen but not understand, Jesus says. Albert Schweitzer called that statement from our Lord repellent and incomprehensible. Another commentator calls those words intolerable. In Matthew's Gospel, this statement from our Lord is rendered at least a bit more palatable. It reads that Jesus spoke in parables not in order that people may fail to understand, but because they failed to understand. In Mark's Gospel, we get no such softening of the blow. In Mark, it sounds like Jesus and Isaiah before him are saying outsiders are simply to remain outside and thereby miss the forgiveness that comes with understanding and turning where we wonder is the Jesus we see elsewhere in mark who welcomes the outsider in who dines with tax collectors and sinners who distributes bread and fish to thousands like he's hosting a grand banquet welcoming them to the riches and goodness God has to offer Mark's gospel will tell us of that most hospitable Jesus, but where is he here when we hear our Savior speak of parables meant to conceal rather than to disclose? We naturally associate Jesus and his teaching with revelation and not obfuscation. Revelation is even promised by Jesus at the end of today's passage. Jesus says, After he has explained the parable of the sower and the seed, there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Perception, illumination, disclosure, that's what we imagine Jesus bringing us with his words and message. How then are we to understand our Savior speaking in parables seemingly designed to obscure rather than to unveil? It's not just the crowd that's left befuddled by our Savior's words. You may have noticed Jesus says to his own disciples after telling them of his parable's confounding intent. Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? And Jesus says this just after having told them, the insiders, the disciples, and those who were close to him, that they've been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. Well, those secrets remain most mysterious. We'll see later in Mark's gospel that the disciples show repeatedly a misunderstanding of Jesus and his message and confusion about what he was all about. How do we understand the perplexing intent and then the results of Jesus' teaching? Well, one way to understand the confounding intention of the parables is to see confusion or wandering in darkness as part of a journey towards illumination. If you look at today's passage as a whole, a way to understand our Savior's words about mystery midway through the passage And then to understand his reference to revelation at the end of the passage is that Jesus is describing the very process we go through in discipleship. Maybe Jesus is outlining the way a person comes to understand the Word of God once the Word of God meets a person, once they experience that clash of realities where God's reality breaks into the reality a person knew before, and those two realities, those two kingdoms clash and it creates confusion and disorientation initially. But if a person dare persevere in the journey, ultimate enlightenment is given by a gracious god for god is determined we read in today's passage to reveal all things in this period of confusion and misunderstanding it can be part of learning reliance On God it can make it clear to a person that it's not by their own limited mental capacities that they know God and understand the mysteries of faith no insight recognition when it comes to the stuff of God in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit that is gift it's gift or as the proverb from the Hebrew scriptures puts it trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding it's often only when we come to those limits of our own understanding when we enter those periods of confusion that we're then prepared to to receive the insights God has to offer us in today's passage Jesus describes the soil that receives the seed as a metaphor for people who hear the Word of God And if that word of God is to grow in a person once it is planted, according to the sowing metaphor, it will require a period of hiddenness, of darkness, of being buried in the soil of a person's heart and mind before yielding fruit. The seed of God's word may never penetrate the soil on which it fell. And in that case, it's likely to get eaten up by birds or scorched by the sun. But if the seed can indeed penetrate a person, if it can make it down into the darkness below the surface, it will be hidden for a time down in mystery. But then something amazing will happen not by a person's own strength but by the very power that gives all things life roots may just develop seed that had been hidden in darkness will come up into daylight and produce marvelous yield of grain 30 60 or 100 times what was originally sown Maybe Jesus is describing in this parable and with his references first to concealment, then to revelation, the very process that the word of God can take when it reaches a person. Their ears may fail to hear it. Sinister forces may prevent them from hearing. Their concerns for the cares of this world may be too great, but... If the word does penetrate a person's mind and heart, then a whole different process can take place. Initially, mystery and darkness. A person will look but not understand, hear but not perceive. But then, just as Jesus promised, there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed. That person who heard the word and had it planted in them will find they receive, not by their own power, but as a gift, illumination, insight, direction, a deep sense of God's presence and call and claim on their life and such a person will produce marvelous fruit of love and good deeds. They'll recognize God, God's presence, the kingdom of God and what it means not just for them but for the world and they will see their own role in God's gracious work in the world. Such a person turns and is healed. You know this sort of process in your own life. Don't you? Some insight or vision or sense of direction from God will come to you, not before a period of confusion and stumbling in the darkness. When that insight arrives, it comes after such a period. And it won't be something you yourself achieved, but rather you receive it as a gift. The author, Annie Dillard, famously describes the art of writing this way. She describes it as a journey from befuddlement to insight, and when the muse finally comes, it comes as a gift. Dillard writes, At its best, the sensation of writing is that of any unmerited grace it is handed to you, but only if you look for it. You search, you break your heart, your back, your brain, and then, and only then, it's handed to you. From the corner of your eye, you can see the motion. Something is moving in the air and headed your way. Well, if you're a writer, an artist, a teacher, or trying to solve some complicated problem or heading into new terrain in your field or in your research, don't you find the same thing happening? When insight comes, it comes as a gift. The way Annie Dillard describes writing, that certainly sounds like the process we preachers go through each week. For me at least, it always starts like this, and I've heard other preachers I respect describing a similar process. It will start with a scripture passage and after prayer and some initial readings we'll get a sense of where the sermon may be heading we'll get some initial direction as to what message god may have for us and the congregation we serve but then blindness confusion that comes next i don't like it but time and again it comes. I feel like I'm wandering in the darkness, and I know other preachers have this experience too. I'll see all the issues and problems with an idea, or I'll wonder if the message came from God at all, or whether I I took a wrong direction, and wonder where all this will lead. And I want to throw up my hands in frustration. And then, out of the corner of my eye, I will sense something moving and headed my way. The better sermons, I find, are those that are given, not forced by the preacher's own efforts, but come as a grace, come as a gift. That journey from confusion towards insight, that speaks not just to my weekly journey as a preacher preparing a sermon, that speaks to my journey with Christ. I heard Christ's call back when I was young, as you likely did too. I heard that gracious invitation the fishermen heard from Jesus to come and follow Him and witness a whole new reality, God's reality. I said, yes. But soon after that, I found myself not in a place of clarity, but confusion questions arose how do I know which voice is that of Christ and which is my own voice or the voice of the world around me what does the gospel really mean what is God's particular call for me why do I continue to wrestle with temptation and confusion why is there so much wrong in the world and where is God right now in my struggle or in this issue that the world is facing a of questions arose and I would feel at times like someone in the crowd listening to Jesus and failing to comprehend or I would feel like one of the disciples to whom Jesus says do you not understand this parable then how will you understand all the parables it would seem like I was wandering in darkness but then a gift a grace would come out of the corner of my eye I would sense emotion I would see something moving and headed my way. Well, in the latter half of the 14th century, a book was written about this kind of experience in the Christian life, and this book was entitled The Cloud of Unknowing. We don't know who wrote it, but the author describes the journey a believer takes towards God as involving a kind of confusion. The author writes, you lift up your heart to God with stirring of love, Then you find only a darkness and, as it were, a cloud of unknowing. Whatever you do, this darkness and the cloud are between you and your God and hold you back from seeing God clearly by the light of understanding in your reason and from experiencing God in the sweetness of love in your feelings. And so prepare to remain in this darkness as long as you can, always begging for the God you love. For if you are ever to feel or see God, it must always be in this cloud and this darkness. Maybe Jesus is describing in today's passage that kind of journey. When Jesus speaks of the parables as confusing and off-putting, maybe he's proclaiming a profound truth that would be borne out in centuries of Christian experience thereafter. Maybe Jesus is saying that the journey towards the source guide and goal of all that is, inherently requires a time walking in the wilderness, entering a cloud of unknowing. But according to today's passage, that unknowing is not the end. All that is hidden, Jesus says, will be revealed. And so if we remain and abide in the unknowing, if we watch and wait through the dark night, revelation will come. God's presence, God's word for us, God's love poured out on us. It will come and we will know it like the grace and gift that it is. And perhaps the great lesson of the cloud of unknowing is that it proclaims we cannot meet God by our own efforts. We can't fully understand the teachings of Jesus by our own efforts. We can seek, we can search, we can watch, we can wait, we can show up, be available. But ultimately, it must be God that reaches out to us in that cloud of unknowing. Thank heaven, thank heaven, the God we know in Christ promises to do just that. Well, today we're celebrating some new members joining the Knox community. In just a moment, we'll hear them respond to the invitation Jesus made long ago to Simon and Andrew, James and John. I'm grateful for Ruling Elders, Melissa Cooper, Aaron Mead, and Tom McGinnis, who will be representing the larger session at this reception of new members. You'll see an excerpt from that reception in just a moment. You'll hear the new members ask, Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? And you'll hear them say, I will. But let's make no mistake. The journey these new members have taken thus far and the journey that lies ahead of them will involve much unknowing. Like the disciples in scriptures, they too having said yes to following Christ will be perplexed and befuddled at times. They'll face wilderness periods of confusion and that long dark night where God seems so far away. Membership doesn't shield them from that journey. Instead, it invites them into it more deeply that cloud of unknowing lies ahead for all who say yes to jesus but this we know too abiding in the journey watching waiting seeking it happens time and again it's like jesus said all that is hidden will be revealed and it will happen to these new members and it will happen to you out of the corner of your eye you will sense emotion you'll see something moving in the air and headed your way. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.